This year, our theme has come from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Our theme is grace for more. I don't know if we've emphasized this as much as we have with other things in the past. I think there's just been a lot of things come up this year that's caused us to maybe not emphasize it. I'll speak for myself. That's true for me, at least. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think we've still tried to emphasize it. Um, our, Our classes have gone along with our theme, even if we haven't like expressly stated that it's about our theme. But I realized that there was a couple things I really wanted to talk about this year that I haven't talked about yet. So this week and next week, we're going to be talking about our theme. And our focus has been on this combination of the grace that we have received from God through Jesus and how that also translates into evangelism and spreading the gospel to more people. So what we've noticed is that in 2 Corinthians 4, in this one verse, in verse 15 primarily, there's three things that seem to be increasing. There's more disciples, there's more thanksgiving to God, and there's more glory to God. Like, it seems like those are three things. So this week, today, we're going to talk about the thanksgiving piece. And next week, we'll talk about the glory to God piece. Um, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 14, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, what, what we see Paul say is he says that we also believe and so we speak. So there's, they're speaking the gospel because they believe in the gospel, and then he says that it's all for your sake so that his grace extends to more. So as, as the gospel is spread, grace is being extended to more and more people. But he says that more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So there's thanksgiving that is increased as the gospel is spread. Um, it's actually interesting that if you think about in the New Testament, the, the teaching and maybe even the command to be thankful is pretty prevalent. Uh, in the passage that Frank just read, at the end it just says, and be thankful. And, and there's several times where gratitude and thankfulness are, are not just like a good idea, and it's not just that the Bible makes a case that we have reasons to be thankful, but we're just told, be thankful. And I, I think that there's a good reason for that, and I think it's because of what God wants to accomplish through our thankfulness and through our gratitude. And also I think it's just sometimes we need to be reminded that we have reasons to be thankful. So what we're going to talk about this week is growing in gratitude through grace. And that might, that might be confusing. I don't know. Uh, when I, after I wrote it out, I was like, I don't know if that title makes sense, but, but it makes sense to me. So I'll try to explain it. So maybe it makes sense to you. We're going to talk about how we can grow in Thanksgiving and gratitude. But what we're going to do is we're going to do it from a lens of the grace of God and how his grace actually fuels our gratitude. And so a few things I want to talk about before we actually get into some some scriptures today. The first thing is that if you actually look at the Greek word for grace, it's this word charis or charis. Um, I don't think anyone here is a Greek scholar, so I could probably say whatever I wanted to about that, and and you would not be able to tell me any different. Um, But I think it's charis. Then you look at the word for thanksgiving within this verse in 2 Corinthians 4, eucharista. What's that middle word? cares. So even in the very word for thanksgiving or thankfulness, gratitude, if you will, grace is part of it. It is a primary part of thanksgiving. And that's an important thing for us to remember. And maybe maybe you didn't know that. I didn't really know that until I started thinking about it and looking at this word. But it makes all the sense in the world. It makes all the sense in the world that grace is a primary component for gratitude and thanksgiving. Also, I know that I'm, I'm a month late. Uh, Lindsay reminded me of that, that I'm, I'm a few weeks late for Thanksgiving. 
lesson, but it's good to be reminded of this anytime, I guess. So if we want to grow in our gratitude, we need to understand God's grace a little bit better. Without an appreciation of grace, we will not be thankful. You can have fake thankfulness. You ever, you ever have that? Or have you ever done that where you say thank you, but you really just don't mean it? Well, we're not talking about that. We're, we're not talking about just the passing like, oh, thanks, appreciate that, when that's just a nice thing to say. True thankfulness and true gratitude will have grace in it. And without an appreciation of grace, we will not be truly thankful. So if you actually flip that and think about it this way, if we notice a lack of gratitude in life, if you notice that you're not a very thankful person, then you're probably lacking in your understanding of God's grace. And you're lacking in your appreciation for his grace. There are some people who are full of gratitude and full of thanksgiving. And you can just hear it in how they talk. You see it in how they live. They might not fully understand God's grace, but there's a good chance that they have something of an understanding within them. What we know is that if we are going to be thankful people, then we ought to understand his grace better. Um, there, there's a friend that I have that I th he would always say I'm sorry about everything, and it didn't even make sense. It was like like nothing. He would not be responsible for anything. He would just go, I'm sorry. And you're like, I'm not going to say his name, but I was like, dude, you didn't, you didn't do anything, you know? And that said something about him. He's coming from a perspective of like, I'm, I probably messed up, you know, or, you know, that's my bad. I, you know, there's a whole lot of things you could probably, a psychologist could probably dig into with that. Um, but that says something about him and his perspective and where he's coming from. There's some people who everything that they say, when, when it just is so easy for them to say thank you. And you can tell they just mean it. That says something about them. We need to be people that gratitude and thankfulness is just like pouring out of us. It, it's seen in how we treat people. It's seen in how we acknowledge people and in how we say thank you. Um, it's seen in our perspective in life when things are easy and when things are hard. And that says something about us. We need to be this type of people. I want to give you a couple examples of things that are kind of difficult or difficult circumstances to, to be thankful in, but how I think it's possible. Um, there's someone that I know who they were really just living their life, not just how they wanted, but it was a very fulfilling life. They were able to be servant-oriented, so it wasn't just selfish, but they were able to experience some really cool places. And they were able to see things, and I mean, it was just, it was great. Right? They, they, they were really enjoying it. And it, again, it wasn't just selfish. It was, it was also focused on others. Um, but then they had a family member that got really sick. And so they had to abandon all of that to go take care of their family member. And in their perspective, as they watched their family member deteriorate and eventually die, was they were just thankful that they could serve their family member. How is that possible? Like, how, how can you go from being so thankful for your current situation, everything gets turned upside down and you're still so thankful? I think it's a greater understanding of grace. And the interesting thing about that person is she shows grace to people like, like none other, really, or like most people struggle to. And I think that if we will, from our perspective of being thankful and, and understanding the grace of God, if we live lives of thankfulness, we're probably going to be, we're probably going to find it a lot easier to show grace to other people. Um, 
I, I had a friend uh, who said one time, not one time, he said it in several sermons, he said he's never met a thankful person that left the Lord. I'm not saying that person never said thank you, but someone that was truly appreciative for God and for what, what, what we have through Christ, that if we have that, we, we never leave the Lord. And I don't know if, I, I can't verify that for ev- from everyone that's ever left God, but that makes a lot of sense to me. So this is an important thing for us to talk about because our life circumstances do change. How can we keep being thankful even when our life circumstances change, like that friend that I mentioned? And how can we be fueled by thanksgiving to remain faithful? That's what we're going to talk about for the next little bit. Um, I'm going to have four main points. We're going to look at uh, uh, one scripture for each one, but there's going to be several scriptures on the board. Just if you want to turn there or mark them for later, then feel free to do that. But the whole point of this lesson is to understand how grace fuels our gratitude and so we can live out lives of thankfulness to God and, and to others. All right, so the first thing I want to point out is that forgetting God's grace leads to a lack of gratitude. So in Romans 1.21, this is in the section where Paul is talking about all the people that are going to be recipients of God's wrath. One of the things he says is that those people are people that they actually know God, but they don't honor him as God, and they're not thankful. If we lose our thankfulness, even though we know God, we will turn from God. We will experience God's wrath one day. But I want to turn and look at Luke 17. This is a story where Jesus heals some lepers. You might be really familiar with this story. Um, But I think this is a really good example for us. Luke 17, and we're going to begin in verse 11. So it says that on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These people are calling for mercy. I know mercy and grace are different, but let's just say that they're calling for grace. They're asking for grace, right? It seems very similar in this text. So Jesus sees them and he says, go and show yourself to the priest. He doesn't say he heals them and then says go. He just says go. So he's, he's challenged them to just go, show, them, show themselves to the priest as if they've already been healed. So it does take faith for them to do that. So then it says, as they went, they were cleansed. So they went just like Jesus directed, and then they're cleansed while they're on the way. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. It's a little detail that like, I think is really meant to shock us. That this Samaritan would be someone that would turn around and thank this Jew who has just healed him. But the other nine, they keep going, right? It says that Jesus answered the, the ones, the Samaritan that turned back and was thankful. He says, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I don't know what happened to those other nine. Jesus didn't tell them, after you've been cleansed, I want you to come back. But from Jesus' perspective, it does seem that gratitude was expected from all ten. He's like, where are the other nine? Like, it seems like Jesus expected them to turn back. And I think the reason is because that's a, that's a level of faith and a level of understanding that goes deeper than just, you heal people, so please heal us. Okay, you said go, go to the priest. Okay, I'm going to go. That took some faith. But there's a, another layer of faith and understanding that this one leper had. The former leper, I guess, because he's healed now. And it was that I need to turn back and give glory and praise and 
and show gratitude to the person that's just healed you. So then Jesus says, your faith has made you well. I, I think there's a deeper level of healing that's happening here. I don't think he's just saying, okay, now you are going to be healed of your leprosy and the others are going to get it back. We have no, it doesn't say that or anything. But there's some other healing that Jesus says this man now has because he turned and was thankful. What about us? Let's talk about us. We are people that we believe that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins, that we have forgiveness of sins, that we can turn from darkness to life like Nate mentioned in his prayer. Like that's us. We can go from being estranged and enemies of God to being children of God, sons and daughters of the Creator. We have every reason to turn to him constantly and give him thanks. That shows a level of faith that Jesus appreciates. And there is some other healing and blessing that comes along with that. We need to be like this one leper. And I think it's interesting that he was a foreigner. Maybe the reason that he turned is because he's used to just being a foreigner and being estranged. So maybe he just is so appreciative because he knows how far he's come. You know, we, no matter how far we've come, no matter how deep in sin we feel we've been, we need to show the same level of gratitude that this man showed. We need to show just as much gratitude whether we were raised in the pews or whether we were raised on the streets. We need to show the same level of gratitude to God because we realize our salvation is nothing to be taken lightly. And he has saved us from something so great and, and brought us so far. So if we do forget God's grace, though, it will lead to a lack of gratitude. If we want to make sure we are continually thankful, we need to remember how far God, God has brought us. Here's, here's a few tips just for being thankful. I'm not saying I do these. In fact, I, when I say some of them, you're like, I know Blake doesn't do some of these. But these are things that I think would be good to start doing. And I'm, I, I've actually tried to start doing a couple of these recently. Um, in your prayers, if you can, set aside one prayer, or at least a majority of one prayer a day, to just show thankfulness to God, to just express how thankful you are to God. I've noticed in my prayers, I quickly go to God help me instead of focusing mainly on God thank you. And I think that I know the whole Acts model, I know Thanksgiving is, you know, next to last on that. So maybe you don't even get to the Thanksgiving. But maybe we should start with it sometimes and just have a full prayer of Thanksgiving. Thank God for the people you've had in your life. Thank God maybe for some of the people that aren't in your life. That, that's, that's been part of my Thanksgiving at times. I think of some people that haven't been part of my life that I, at one point I wish they had, like some family members or things like that, that they weren't really part of my life. And I was like, oh, I, I was lacking in that. But then I think of how my life has turned out. I'm like, I'm actually thankful they weren't. And instead I'm thankful that like some other people were very impressed. They, they just left a great impression on me. And they wouldn't have been able to if those other people had, had strong influence. Um, be thankful for the good things that have happened, but be thankful for the lessons learned through the bad things, right? So have a prayer full of thanksgiving. Um, this is the one that there's no way I've done this, and but I should probably start doing is maybe keep a gratitude journal. I don't journal. I, mean, I think I did a few times ever. But maybe maybe start write down, start writing down reasons to be thankful instead of just writing down like just prayers and like people that need prayers. Maybe have a separate page where now you're just going to like write down reasons to be thankful. This is something I read uh, that someone else suggested. Each day, think of three things you're grateful for. My advice would be start in the, start in the morning. 
Right when you get up, um, just try to think of three things you're thankful for. Whatever those are, nature, the fact that you're alive, the fact that you're, you have your spouse or your, or your children, whatever it is, just pick three things and start your day that way. I think that we, when we do that, it starts us off in a lighter, from a lighter perspective, kind of ready to take on the difficulties of the day because we've already started out just being thankful that we have the day, right? Here's another thing I think that we need to make sure we understand is that Christians should be thankful. We have every reason to be thankful. Uh, let's turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I never noticed this. Maybe you have. But Colossians is really a letter about Thanksgiving. I've no, I noticed that in every chapter, I think Paul is trying to tell these Christians why they should be thankful. So Colossians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 9. So from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who, is just, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have every reason to be thankful. God has transferred us from darkness to light. He has taken us out of the world and brought us into the kingdom of his son. He has done so much. He has allowed us to have knowledge of his will, to have spiritual wisdom. He's given us insight into his plan. He's given us all of these things, and we have all this through Jesus. So when we read passages like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where it says rejoice always, we know it's possible. We know we have every reason to rejoice. We know that when we pray without ceasing, and then it says give thanks in all circumstances, Christians of all people have every reason to be thankful in all circumstances. Because we know what God has done for us through Jesus. And it actually says give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will for you is to be thankful, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances. That's what God wants. Because he's given us different lenses to look, look at life through. And the lens is, look what God has done through Jesus for you. That's how we can have this perspective. It says to give thanks in everything, not necessarily for everything. We need to be thankful for everything, but the harder challenge is to be thankful in everything. No matter what is happening, no matter if there's reason for sorrow, we can still be thankful. There's going to be things that happen that we don't feel thankful for, but we, when we consider what God has done through Jesus, we can find ourselves in a, from, from a perspective, or from, our hearts are still thankful. So we need to be very expressive in our gratitude. So here, here's a couple passages that I think might be helpful for that. Maybe these are things that you just repeat to yourself, or maybe these are things that you even say aloud when someone is like, I'm really sorry for this. Or you just, it's important, I think, to have these verses or have this um, perspective that we share with other people and we remind ourselves of these things. Maybe it's like Psalm 119.24 that says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That might sound hollow, but if we truly mean it because we realize how blessed we are in Christ, then we can say, Hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in it. Someone says, 
Sorry you didn't get that promotion. Hey, it's still a great day. The Lord has made it. I'm going to rejoice. I know that sounds like, why would you say? Maybe that's what we need to be doing. Or how about in Lamentations, a book full of sorrow and lamenting? Lamentations 3, this is what you probably hear a lot of people quote this, and I don't think we need to shy away from quoting it either. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know people that say that sometimes? They're like, hey, his mercies are new every day. Well, just because like that seems popular for other people to say and we think they don't know what they're talking about, doesn't mean we shouldn't say it. We need to have that perspective. We need to remind ourselves of that. Because we realize the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So, yeah, I'm, his mercies are new every day. They're wonderful. We need, to, we need to incorporate these things in part of our mindset and in our communication with other people. We need to incorporate these things in our communication with one another, which is our next point, that sharing and gratitude is a reminder of God's grace. So I want to talk about sharing gratitude among ourselves. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are two of the main places where in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about um, how grace is spread. And the way he says grace is spread in this passage is it's spread through meeting each other's financial and physical needs. So we start in, in chapter 8, verse 7. Paul says, As you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in your love for you, in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. And he's talking about giving to other Christians, meeting the needs of poor Christians. He says, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. In an effort to give them kudos, to say, you do, you do this well, you're, you're, you're giving and considerate of your brothers and sisters, he compares this act of generosity and extension of grace to what Jesus did. Jesus was rich and became poor so that others might become rich. And he's saying that's what you are doing when you give to your brothers and sisters. You have, you have excess or you have abundance in something. Someone is in need of whatever that thing is. You help supply that need. Now you have become poor, even though I don't think he actually means that you ought to become poor. He actually says that later on. I'm not saying that you give everything away so now you're in need, but you have deprived yourself so that someone else might might now be rich or might have this thing that they are in need of. He says in verse 11, he says, So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness and desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. Okay? Like you're ready to do it, do it. Give. Be generous. Help. And he, but he all started, he started this whole thing saying that this was grace that was given. Right? Like you are giving grace when you give to other people. When we share with one another, when we supply needs, we are not only just doing what our obligation is and fulfilling that, we're actually sharing in grace. And actually what we're doing is we're promoting gratitude among our group. So we go to chapter 9 now. In chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, we'll start in verse 6. We're not going to read this whole rest of this chapter, but I'm going to skip around. Paul says, the point is this. It's really nice when Paul just gets to the point. Um, because <laughs> he, he just doesn't sometimes. Um, he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly 
will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now let's skip down to verse 11, You, or excuse me, verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Do you have faith to, to sow and to give, and not sparingly, but, but freely? Do you have faith enough to do that, knowing that you might receive nothing in return, but what it will produce is thanksgiving to God, which is better than, I guess, you getting a one-for-one -one payback for whatever you gave. By the way, you, you, you'll never get time back if you give time. That's, that's, one, that's the one main resource that if you give your time, you will never receive time back from that person. You can't. It was your time that you gave. But you know what it can increase? Thanksgiving to God. That's a wonderful thing. It says, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thank God for his inexpressible gift, right? That's the perspective that we need to have as we share with one another. It's like, I'm just doing this because thank God for what he has given. So here you go. And what it produces is thanksgiving and glory to God. It doesn't produce, like, anything necessarily for us. But God is glorified. And that person is now welling up gratitude within them. They might say thank you to you. Probably hope that they will. But what you know they will do is they'll thank God for you. And that's a wonderful thing that we can be part of. That's something that we need to make sure that we are emphasizing in our conversations we need to live this out as hard as this might be. In Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Right? We need to share in this. We need to promote this. We need to sacrifice for one another. Here's some other, I guess, tips when it comes to gratitude. We need to show appreciation to someone if they've done something nice. Like, we need to call that out, be specific, and say thank you. Okay? If it, if it was... Uh, holding the door, say thank you, okay? Whatever that small thing is or big thing is, we need to specifically show, show appreciation for one another. We need to express gratitude by doing a kind deed for others. That's one way we can express gratitude. I, I, I grew up in, in, a, I guess, in an environment where, like, respect was expected, um, not just in my home, but also just I took karate, and so, like, I grew up saying yes, sir, no, sir, you know, um, whatever else that I had to say because of karate, but it doesn't matter. But, like, those are the things I had to say. Everything was sir, everything was man, all, all of that kind of stuff. It was thank you. You better show that appreciation, right? That's a fine thing. That's, like, southern whatever, and I don't know. But that's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about because of our faith in God, because of what he has done through Christ, we show thankfulness, we show respect to other people and just kind, and we show kindness to other people in the things that we do. Um, there was one time that I tried a whole pay it forward thing to someone that's in this room. And uh, 
and it worked out to come come around to bite them a little bit because their order is a lot smaller than the one behind them. So like I paid for theirs and it was like nothing, and then they had to pay like thirty dollars at Chick Fil A for someone behind them. And you know sometimes we feel like I don't know this whole pay it forward thing. When's it going to come back around to me? And it just it just doesn't. But it doesn't matter, does it? It just doesn't matter. This is about how grateful we are for what God has given to us so we show gratitude to other people. We don't care about what we're going to get in return. We need to be proactive in finding what others need so we can try to meet that need. Even if it's like, that's a silly need. What's not silly to them? So your gratefulness needs to be the fuel to show kindness and try to meet someone else's need. Before joining in a, a conversation that's all about complaining, maybe be the one that turns it to a positive outlook, expresses thanksgiving, maybe just try to sprinkle in a little bit of a reason to be grateful, especially when you're complaining about other people. Try to point out something positive about that person. I know that's hard sometimes. But when you see the ball get rolling about grumbling and complaining, you know what that is? You're forgetting the grace of God. Like in that one conversation, we are abandoning thanksgiving and grace. And sometimes I'm the one that just wants to push the ball over the hill a little bit more so it keeps going. We, we got we to gotta roll that back. And we got to try and sprinkle in thankfulness and gratitude, grace, let our, let our speech be seasoned with salt, that kind of thing. That brings us to our last point, which is that your example of gratitude can truly bring people to Christ. It's not just what we share with each other, it's also what we share with other people. In Colossians chapter 4, if you're uh, still in Colossians, maybe turn over to chapter 4. It says, beginning of verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So let's take out that little middle section, okay? Verse 3 and 4. Let's go back to verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You need to continue steadfastly in prayer. You need to be thankful. And by doing so, it will have an effect on other people. You will walk in wisdom toward outsiders. You will make the best use of your time towards them. Your speech will change. It will be full of grace because you're thankful. So as you share in, in that grace with other people, you will be able to provide an answer for the faith that is within you to, towards those other people. This might be a really silly example, but I, I know it is actually, but... We're watching the old How the Grinch Stole Christmas movie last night. Um, and by old, I don't mean the one that was in 2000 with Jim Carrey. I mean, like, the old one from the 60s, the animated one. Turns out it's only 25 minutes. I thought it was a movie. It's like, it, I know, like, when you're a kid, it's like, that's a whole movie. You know, it's like a very short, like, little show. Um, you, and again, I know this is kind of a silly thing, but all those people had everything taken by the Grinch, right? Everything was taken from them. The presents, the, I don't know, whatever they called it, the doodads and stuff that was on the tree, whatever they, the funny names they had for all the stuff on the tree. All their reason for, like, joy was taken 
and yet what did they do? They still like started singing uh, the silly song that they sang, and they were thankful. They were grateful. And you remember how it changed that Grinch? <laughs> His heart like grew, right? I think that happens. Like not not to green pe- not to green people or anything. I I think that happens in life though. Our gratitude, our thanksgiving, in spite of difficult circumstances, in spite of whatever is going on around us, can change people. And it will change people. They'll see that, and it might fuel them to where they are just even more angry, right? But it might fuel them to where they are changed, to where their heart is changed. That can happen. That does happen. It happens when you least expect it. It happens even if you don't see it. Sometimes, sometimes the person doesn't come back to you and say, hey, you know what, Eric, your, your, your example of gratitude throughout difficulties in life really made an impression on me. They might not say that, but it does happen. Your perspective as a Christian that is thankful will share grace with other people. And that brings us to, to our last verse. That's in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, 6 through 8. It says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. You know what thankfulness will also do? Thankfulness will keep you faithful. You will be rooted and established in Christ Jesus. All the philosophy, all the empty talk, all the things that are meant to like pull us away from God, they're not going to be able to make a dent in you because you are so thankful, because you know what God has done through Christ. You have received Christ, walk in him be rooted and built up, abounding in thanksgiving. That needs to be our life. That needs to be what we show to other people, but we need that for us as well. When we start slipping in our faith, there's a good chance we're not remembering the grace of God and we're not being full of gratitude and thanksgiving. So what we need to do is we need to start, start praying and being thankful. We need to turn and just observe what God has done. When we start doing acts of kindness that start welling up gratitude within us as we just share in, in grace with other people and, and give them reason to be thankful by just opening the door, by seeing what their need is, by just showing, ex- by expressing kindness to them and saying, thank you for this. That's what we need to do. And, and above all, when, when all of those things just kind of go away because life seems terrible, just remember you have a home in heaven. You have something prepared for you through Christ that can never be taken, where there's no reason for tears, Everything will be wonderful. You have every reason to be thankful. Because we have something much better to look forward to. So let's be abounding in thanksgiving. That, that will increase to, to the grace of God being spread. Um, I hope these things are, are helpful. And maybe, even if it's just for today, maybe we'll walk around a little lighter. Maybe we'll wake up tomorrow and we'll start our day before our feet even hit the floor and just saying, thank you, God, for another day. And if we start that way, then that ball starts rolling in a good direction instead of rolling down the complaining and grumbling side. Um, we're gonna say, I'm going to say a prayer real quick, and then Brian's going to have a song. And during the song, if you realize that you haven't been thankful and you've been slipping, your faithfulness to God has actually been waning, and you need help, we would love to talk with you, pray with you, and help and serve you in however we can. If you realize you're not established in Christ, you're not rooted in him, and you want to know what you can do, where you ought to do to be that, then we want to help you and serve you in that way. Let's go ahead and have a prayer, and then we'll have a song. Father, you're so great. You, your plan and your wisdom is so magnificent. You've given us 
your son, your only son, as a perfect spotless lamb that died on the cross for our sins. And God, we, we are so thankful for his life. We're thankful uh, for your plan and how the prophecies were fulfilled. And God, we're thankful that as he died on the cross, he accomplished your will. He was obedient to the point of death so that our sins might be forgiven, so that we might have access to you and so that we might come close to you and draw near to you. Thank you so much for all you have given to us through him. Thank you for the brotherhood we have through him, for the wonderful ability we have to worship and and just sing out and join our voices together in praise to you. We thank you for allowing us to not be alone in our walk of faith, but to have other people that we can share in this life with. We thank you for all the people that are here that supply our needs and God, we ask that you will help us to be humble so that we make our needs known. And God, when when things become difficult or we feel like we're overlooked by other people, I pray that we will always see how gracious you've been, that you have not overlooked any of us, that we are so blessed and we have every reason to be thankful. We, we pray that you help us to be strong so that we will abound in thanksgiving. We will be wise towards those that are apart from you, those that are separated from you, so that we might answer people and speak to people graciously, showing how thankful we are to you. We pray all this in Jesus. Amen.